before the arenas, before the awards. This is Before Nashville, the podcast. Here's your host, George Davis. And welcome back to Before Nashville, where we're introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. And I've got a guy with me tonight that I've been acquainted with for a, a couple of years now. And some great music coming out of this fella. I mean, this guy, if you have not listened to Jacob Bryant, you've been missing a lot because he's he's going to be absolutely one of those next ones that we're going to be proud to say we knew him when. So, Jacob, how you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, we thank you for coming on and uh, appreciate everything. And we want to talk a little bit, uh, start off just about uh, how how the career came about. I mean, everybody's got a story and you've got one and about how you got into music and everything. You know, when you started, just kind of give us a, a little rundown of how all that came about. <laughs> yeah, man, we, uh, my family, we uh, just sat on the front porch and picked bluegrass music growing up. My grandparents had a bluegrass band and my dad bought me a guitar and a couple uncles of mine uh, just kind of showed me a chord or two and I tried to jump in there. And of course I was playing out of tune and <laughs> playing all sorts of bad stuff or whatever, but they kind of put up with it long enough to, I guess, get me up to, up to par with them. But yeah, music's always just been a part of my life. My grandmother was the bass player in their bluegrass band. My papa Frank, you know, he played flat top and acoustic and it, it was just one of them things that was kind of ingrained in my DNA from the get go. So I didn't have a right. choice, but to play music. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always good too. So, I mean, when you're, Back then, when you're starting out, you know, you everybody's influenced by somebody and what they do. So who were some yeah. of your biggest musical influences? And even now, I mean, who are, who were and are some of your biggest music influences? Starting out, it was always guys like Keith Whitley, George Jones, and even in the bluegrass world, a band named Third Time Out, uh, Mountain Heart, some of those people that... Uh, as I kind of started growing, I got into a little bit of that, like Southern rock, Georgia sound, Allen Brothers, Skinner, uh, you know, even like Greg Allman's solo stuff. And I don't know, I just, I kind of somehow ingrained all that, like folk and bluegrass and Southern rock and all that stuff together and kind of came up with my own sound, but which Travis Tripp, you know, from Georgia did kind of that same thing with the blues and the rock and the country and the grass. And Travis definitely was a huge influence as well. And even guys like Corey Smith that were, mm. you know, more Americana acoustic and, you know, Brantley being from Georgia as well that had that rock influence and whatnot. But I've just always kind of tried to just take music that I loved and, and try to write a lyric to it. Um, I haven't never, I guess, put a a dot into where my sound is. I, I just right. write music I love and, and try to put it out there for the people to hear and hopefully they like it. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people have referred to you and I even have at one time talking about you and, and even talking to you before, you know, you got a lot of that, that Brantley influence in your music. It's a lot of the little bit more on the edge side, you know, it's not just the, you know, you mix everything together and you put that little edge on there and that makes it great. And all of your songs are, I mean, you write everything that you that you put out pretty much pretty right? much i mean i've i've cut i've cut some songs that i didn't of course like poor whiskey on my grave is one of them songs that i i wish i would have written right um, we spoke about this before we actually went on the air but uh yeah i mean i try to write you know 
pretty much my story and, and let people see me transparently um, right. because I don't consider, you know, anybody any different than the next person. So I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm just some dude on the internet or some guy up on stage. You know, I'm just a regular guy that grew up in a single wide trailer in Jasper, Georgia and had a dream and I, I went after it. And that's, that's what I write about is just regular people trying to, you know, enjoy their life and follow a dream, man. Right. And the stuff that you do, right, it's all life. I mean, it's from your life. It's your experiences. It's stuff that you've dealt with that you can share. And I know that a lot of times people gravitate to that stuff, you know, something that connects with them. And you have a lot of people that that connect with your music because there's a story for everybody in every song you write. I appreciate that. That that means a lot because, like I said, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do is write something that could help somebody at the end of the day. I mean, everybody's got a good day and everybody's got a bad day. You know, you never know what anybody's going through. Right. If I can hear a song and it makes their day a little bit better, I've done my job. Then you know, so it's right. a it, it's a it's a cool it's a cool job to have sometimes when you you know you get a message or a you know an email from somebody saying you know this song helped me do you know this or get through this or or whatever so it, it's uh, it's pretty cool well and we were talking earlier and uh and one of my favorite songs or my very favorite song that you do i like all your music i mean i listen to your stuff a lot and it's uh pour whiskey on my grave which is a very yeah. it's a song when you hear it it's a little different it's a little darker but it's still got that edge and you just man for some reason that song just really got to me and I listen to it a lot. I I did ha I think I still have your CD in my car right now and I've been playing it a lot lately. From that long ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as you're going through music and you're learning the trade of of where you're at now, I mean you've been in music for a long time, but as you're going through it, what is one thing that you wish you had known before all, you know, before you got to the point you're at now about the industry? Um, that's an awesome question. I think the first thing that I would say that I wish I would have known was never be afraid to just be who you are and not give a damn about what everybody else is doing. Because when you're first starting out, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old, like I was, you know, I, I had my influences of course. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I want to be like this dude or be like that guy or whatever. And like, you, you got to find yourself at some point there and, and just be you, you know, and that, that was one of those things where going through my mom passing away and all this other stuff, like I finally found myself and a little bit of, you know, hurt going on in my life and, and whatnot. But I, I just wish, I guess, if I could go back and say something to myself, you know, like the Brad Paisley tune, if I could write a letter to me, I would just go back and go, hey, man, just just write about you, you know, like don't, don't try to be anybody, just be you. Because at the end of the day, if you're not yourself, it's never going to be believable at all. When I found who I was, you know, that that was the biggest, I guess, turning point in my career that I noticed is, you know, people, I guess, I noticed the numbers go up. I noticed the, the fan attendance come up at shows and, you know, everything. When I quit trying to, you know, be something that I wasn't, you know, and, right. and, just, and just be me. Do you feel like that a lot of times, I mean, guys just starting out primarily will do covers. Right. You know, and 
when, when you first started, was that you? Were you doing a lot of covers or were you doing your own music then? And yeah, I mean, a shift in who you were, like you said, during that time, whenever you got to the point of doing your own music. Yeah, um, just like anybody. I mean, when you start playing gigs, I mean, anybody that's in the music industry knows this. I mean, when you first play a venue for the first time, a lot of these venue owners, they only want you to play, you know, right. 20% covers, 80 or 20% originals, 80% covers. And I finally got to a point where, of course, it kind of sounds assholish, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I got to the point where I was like, man, nobody's ever going to know who Jacob Bryant is if I don't play Jacob Bryant songs. So, you know, we would book the shows regardless of what the contract said, if it was 80% covers, 20% originals, and I'd play 50, 50, you know, and then when it, got to the point where people were coming to hear my stuff, I'd play 60, 40. And then eventually it became, you know, now we're, we're playing probably two covers in a 90 minute set. So it's, uh, it's just one of them things. You just have to decide one day, like, look, I'm going to play my stuff. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. If they don't want to book us, that's fine too. Not right. necessarily being arrogant or anything like that. It's just, I love playing my music. And if I don't love playing what I'm playing, there's no sense in doing it anyway. So Right. Well, it's hard to sit there and write a song or 10. I mean, you know, especially the way things have been lately, you kind of have been able to do a lot of writing. Uh, some artists have. You've stayed pretty busy. <laughs> I <laughs> <would> say that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you get in a position where you can write a lot of songs, then, you know, it's like I, I wrote this for people to hear, not to sit in a notebook or, or, you know, on a recorder and just sit there and nobody gets to listen to it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I enjoy, uh, I mean, even going and listening to other artists that have written songs, Brent Cobb, Joel Shumack, Jamie Groom, some of these guys that, you know, of course I've wrote with a bunch of them. It's, uh, it's, it's one of them things that's really cool to hear other people's story and what they've been through and, you know, also different influences through other artists that you can hear coming through their music and stuff. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of one of them things. I, I think at least during this COVID thing, I've done a little bit of, uh, I guess I'd call study of my own, you know, listening to some of these underground guys that are doing the same thing that I'm doing independently and, and kind of uh, working on their own grind and whatnot. But it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, th I think originality is to me super admirable and, and really, really awesome to see these guys that don't change and they, and they will do what they want to do because they love it, you know, and, and that's, right. that's kind of where I stand. You know, that's the whole thing. Like you say, you, you've got to be original. And uh, I teetered back and forth with this question, but I wanted to go ahead and ask it because I think <laughs> it's kind of an important one. But yeah, what do you feel like is your biggest letdown in the industry? And what did you learn from that? Biggest letdown. Well, my first biggest letdown, I won't call this the biggest one, but my first one is kind of funny thing. Nobody really knows, but I failed chorus in high school because I was too shy to sing in front of anybody. <laughs> and uh, I ended up somehow singing for a living. So that, I guess, would be my first letdown, but it necessarily wouldn't be in the industry. So I, I guess in the industry, my biggest letdown would probably be that, you know, 2020 was going to be probably our biggest year ever. We were doing 150 shows a year and right. everything was going crazy good. And we were touring with Cody Johnson and Co Wetzel and doing a lot of stuff with these Texas artists, Josh Ward. Right. Playing shows at Parker McCollum. Um, did Connecticut up there at the Mohegan Sun with Brantley Gilbert. Like got to do some arena shows. I mean, it was one of them really cool things and the career was kind of going just boom, 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 boom. And uh, 
when the coronavirus thing hit, you know, everything shut down. So I guess right. wouldn't necessarily call it a letdown, but it was definitely discouraging to, right. to watch everything get put on hold for a little while, which I get it. You know, everybody needs to stay safe and get this thing over with and get everybody back to work. But right. that's the, I guess that's the only thing I can say is a letdown because at the end of the day, getting to play music for a living, I don't think there's anything about that that could ever be a letdown. So, right. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's the only thing that, I guess in my career that I've ever considered necessarily discouraging. Right. Now, if you had a young person come up to you and they tell you, Hey, I want to get into the business, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what to do. What advice would you give that, that young person? Right, 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 (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Write your own tunes. There will be some songs that pop up that, that, or undeniably songs that you will feel like you should have written like poor whiskey on my grave was to me like this side of sober was to me. Yeah. Just, just right, man. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's about the song. I mean, the artist definitely matters. Don't get me wrong, but if the song is there, you know, it, it, it works, you know I mean? It's, uh, it's all about the song at the end of the day. So just write, write your ass off and work hard every day and be yourself. Right. If there was one song, any song that you've heard that that's not your own already, and you've heard that song and you said, damn, I wish I would have written that song. What would that song be? Miami, Miami. Yep. Yeah. Great song. Favorite song of all time, probably. Yeah, Keith Keith was just an amazing guy, man. He just, oh my gosh, we lost him way too soon. Yeah, his son Jesse and I became really good friends, and um, we've had a lot of cool conversations about Keith. Man, it's a sad situation, but man, his his legacy lives on, and I I carry him with me every day. I mean, it, you can probably hear it in some of my more traditional songs. It, right, that vocal influence that I got was definitely from Keith. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, you your voice. I mean, you have such a I, I call it commanding you. It's kind of it's kind of odd because this is what I've noticed about the songs and the way you do them. You can do a softer side, and then you can go just full scale, hard in your face type of stuff. And I'm I'm trying to think, kind of like you know, whiskey on my grave starts out a little soft, and then you mm-hmm. get kind of more into it when you get down into the further end, and then the bridge and the guitar uh, solo and stuff in there, and then you come out. But when you hit the chorus, it's like, golly, you know, and and that's one of the things I really, really enjoy about you is just the way you've, the emotion, that's, that's where, that's what it is. It's the emotion that you put into every song and how you do that. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I'm, You're welcome. Like I said, my, uh, my influences, I guess, across the board are so wide <laughs> right. from from grass to full-blown hard rock. I mean, I did praise and worship music, of, you know, the, all kind of in between the spectrum. But I don't know. I just I just never tried to put my voice or, or my sound in, in, I guess, in a nutshell. Right. And I just don't think that music has to be that way. I mean, look at a guy like Kid Rock that can do hip hop, rock, blues, country, whatever. And I, I, I just, I love all those genres. So it's like, why can't I do that too? You know? So I've, I've always just kind of, 
like I said, played the music I enjoy playing. And, and if my voice, if my voice feels good on it or, or fits it, then that's kind of what I'm going to try to do. So I do appreciate you noticing those facets of, of all of it. It's, uh, it's always a, a struggle in the studio because I'm always kind of bouncing around the board a little bit. So my producer has to wrangle me in a little bit, but it's, uh, it's fun though. It's a fun journey, you know, cutting these tunes and, and really coming up with, you know, I guess the sound of Jacob Bryant. Right. Right. Well, I tell you what, speaking of the sound of Jacob Bryant, now I'm, I'm excited because I get to do another world premiere and this has just really got me pumped up. I mean, you've got uh, a new song that just was released yesterday. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, it was released yesterday. It's an amazing song as all years are. It's so cool. And uh, I get the opportunity to share that as a, uh, as a world premiere. So we're going to do that. And then we'll come back and talk about the song. And I got more questions lined up for Jacob because we got still got a lot more to find out about him. We're going to get into the, the juicy stuff in the next part of the show. So Uh-oh. stick around. This is Good Old Boy. This is the latest from Jacob Bryan. Just released yesterday on Before Nashville. Playing guitar can be a joy. Keeping it tuned, not so much. But I found my secret weapon. Go-Go Tuners. Go-Go Tuners is a company started by longtime professional musicians that specializes in instrument tuners. With a focus on ease of use, readability, durability, and accuracy, Go-Go has quickly risen to be the go-to tuner of many touring professionals and the favorite of casual players. Go-Go's signature Green You're In, Red You're Out screen makes tuning quick and easy. Get yours today at gogotuners.com. Introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. Here's a Before Nashville world premiere. Wear skinny jeans Yeah, that jukebox in the corner Ain't got one wailing song to play I guess a good old boy's damn hard to be these days They bought up and subdivided Our half a talking rock creek And that get their gravel roads Grown up into a full-blown street that land I used to hunt got locked up behind a rich man's gate. Yeah, good old boys, damn hard to be these days. But I'm doing my damnedest to stand in the same kind of boots that my granddad and daddy were landing. I'm proud of where my roots got planted, and that ain't never gonna change, no way. you say it might offend someone else so if you love god and the flag you better keep it to yourself and anymore when you hold the door you 
And that was Good Old Boy by Jacob Bryan, his brand new single. He just dropped it yesterday. How did you feel when you were writing that song and putting that song together? What were your thoughts during that process? Well, I mean, th- this particular song is is it's just one of those things, man. Like the world we live in is just so different than I guess I remember it growing up, you know, being a young man, you know, learning how to do things morally and, and whatnot. Um, you know, like my grandpa, my dad, whoever, you know, we were always taught to hold the door for the person behind you. And, you know, if, you know, there's a lady unloading her groceries, you put her buggy up and, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, nowadays, like you hold the door open for somebody and they just walk through it and they don't tell you, thank you. You know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know. And it not necessarily getting bitter about it or anything like that. I just, one day we were sitting down writing about it and it's like, man, a, a good old boy is kind of hard to be these days because it's, right. it's just a whole different world we live in, you know, right. not necessarily saying anybody's being rude or anything like that, but like I've noticed numerous times hold the door for somebody and they don't say thank you or, you know, whatever, or like noticing that the land you used to hunt is now subdivision or, you know, <laughs> whatever, but it's, uh, it's just basically a song talking about guys that grew up like I grew up in a very small town and there was nothing but, you know, good old people there. And then now everything's growing super fast and the economy was really good and it just boom, 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 boom. And then before you know it, everything you're used to is gone. So right. it's, uh, it's kind of just talking about growth pretty much, but, but yeah, just good old boy. I mean, that's all it's about. That's one of those songs that I can relate to growing up in a small town. I mean, the fondest memories I have is sitting on the gas station parking lot in a, a one light town that's just a flashing light in the middle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sitting there with the buddies and we're listening to Springsteen or we're listening to Straight or uh, sometimes trying to pick up, you know, some radio station or something, you know, but just hanging out and trying not to get in trouble. Of course, the police didn't see it that way. They always seem to show up and tell us we got to move on. But 
we always made sure the empties weren't on the parking lot. So, <laughs> you know. Got to make good friends with the sheriff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to. You absolutely have to. So now we're going to get into uh, some juicier stuff about Jacob Bryant. And I have a segment that I call I Heard a Rumor. And um, uh, we're going to intro that real quick. And then we're, we're just going to let you share your rumor, okay? Well. So now it's I Heard a Rumor. We're going to get into this. And this is always a juicy thing that we do. I really like this because it uh, is stuff that people probably don't know about you. And uh, you you were sharing yours with me earlier. And um, <laughs> it's 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 pretty good. So I'm going to let you hop into that. So uh, the rumor. It's, per, you, it's pretty random, ain't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is, but it's still good. <laughs> so, uh as I was telling you before we went on uh, live here, uh-huh. um, I guess the weirdest rumor or uh, thing that nobody, I guess, would know about me unless they've, I guess, came to any of my shows is I have this weird addiction to fragrances. Right. Um, I own over 150 bottles of different cologne. <laughs> wow. My wife laughs at me. She actually had me like this cologne cabinet made and it's full or whatever. But um, I'm just one of them people. I have to be addicted to something. And when I quit all the bad stuff, I went into cologne. So right. um, they call it a, a, a frag head in the fragrance community. So, um, but yeah, that's super weird. I know for a lot of people, they just go to, Walmart and buy a bottle of Aqua de Gio and they they think they're good, but right. at the end of the day, I don't want to smell like everybody else all the time. So I pretty much wear a different one every day, but yeah, I right. guess that would be the uh, weirdest random thing about me. So. That, that's the one thing I was going to ask you and you answered the question. Cause I was going to ask you, do you, you know, do you like change them out daily and go with a different one? Cause I've got two. That's all I have right now. All right, I got to know what they are. Well, I have one that is put out by Bath and Body Works, and it is... Um, mahogany Woods? No, it's not Mahogany Woods. Uh, I think it's the bourbon. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I also have, um, oh, shoot, uh, is it Johnny Chew? Something like that. Jimmy Chew? Jimmy Chew, man. Jimmy Chew, man, yeah. Yep, and that's, uh, I've got that one. And uh, I have it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some reason I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I pretty much wear a different one all the time. I guess if I had to pick my top five of all time, it would probably be Jimmy Choo Man's actually a really good fragrance, mm-hmm. but, uh, it'd probably be, uh, my number one would be a fragrance called Creed Aventus. <laughs> uh, number two would be, it's actually by Giorgio Armani, but it's uh, Aqua de Gio Profondo. It's a new one from 2020. Number three, let's see, by Killian, uh, Killian Hennessy, which is a son of the guy who made the liquor Hennessy. Uh-huh. He has a fragrance brand. It's called by Killian, but he has one called Black Phantom. It kind of smells like coffee mixed with like s'mores or something. It's like one of those like gourmandish, yummy fragrances. <laughs> Love that. Sounds one. like the kind you just save for the campfire. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, 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 it, hey, it, it reminds you of that a little bit. Oh, wow. Uh, four, 
Let's see. Four, this is like an old school one, so you'll probably laugh at me, but uh, Dracar Noir, you remember that? Like yep, the, yep. Back in the day. <laughs> and then my fifth, just because I wore it on my wedding day, is also by the company Creed. Uh, it's called Millicene Imperial. But yeah, it's uh, the fragrance thing. Don't get into it because you will get addicted to it. It's kind of <laughs> one of them things. Man. It's, it's, it's kind of cool just to, to jump into something weird like that. And, and right. uh, but it, before that, it was uh, music first. And then before that, I guess it was skateboarding. Nobody would ever think it was that for me. But uh, wow. I, was the, I was the nerdy skater kid in high school. So. Wow. And speaking of the fragrant fragrances, um, because I was looking on your website, I can't even talk tonight. Um, I was looking on your website, and you actually have a couple on there that you have—I don't know—do you call it design or? Yeah, we started our own fragrance line. It's actually a beard oil, like a men's grooming product line. We have beard oil, beard balm, pomade, beard wash, beard conditioner, and our own cologne fragrance. But each line has its own scent. So we have Southern Outlaw and we have all of those products in that fragrance. And then we have the one called Crowd Pleaser and we have all of those same products in in that line as well. But those were ones that I partnered up with my buddy, Ron, the bearded pup. He basically formulates and makes all my fragrances and beard products and whatnot. And uh, we started JB Signature men's grooming line out of that. But but yeah, they can get any of that stuff at jacobbryantmusic.com. I was telling Jacob earlier, I'm like, mm, I'm going to have to look into that because I, I, I don't have 150 bottles, but I, I get with a, like a scent and I, I like it and I wear it until I'm out. And then normally I change to something else, you know, like I, f- I found one recently, it's called Outlaw and found it. It was at a um, country Western, well, a Western wear store out in Springfield, yep. Missouri, and you can get it pretty much anywhere like that. But I really liked it. And so I told my wife, I said, well, I'm, I'm about out of my Jimmy Choo, so I'm going to figure out something else. And so I may try that one. But then when I saw yours, I thought, I don't know, maybe I'll give Jacobs a try and see how that is. I'll have to send you a bottle, man. You'll you have to try it out. And also, too, uh, shout out to my buddy Cody Johnson. You need to get a bottle of Kojo cologne. He came out with his own cologne as well. And I actually got me a bottle. It's, it's really good. I got to try it on his bus when we were out touring before the coronavirus thing. He let me yeah take a little sample of it before it ever came out, man. And it's, it's a really good fragrance as well. Yeah. He was here in our area back in August and I didn't get a chance because of coronavirus. I didn't get a chance to talk to him because they wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything. I mean, they did like distance stuff and right. uh, I didn't go back to, to talk to him. Usually I've got, you know, pretty decent access to things like that, but uh, right. man, he puts on a hell of a show. He really yeah. does. He does. And uh, it was during a rodeo and it was, man, it was packed. Oh my gosh. So many people there. The next question I got for you, this is one that you, you, I don't know if you have to think about it or not, but uh, I call it the iPhone top 10. Uh What are the top 10 songs you're listening to right now? Oh man. Or even just the artist. I mean, you know, you could, the top Top 10 songs I'm listening to. Well, like I said, my influences are so widespread. I mean, I've, on the, on the way to, you know, wherever I'm headed, half the time I'm listening to Sirius XM Octane, listening to Hard Rock or right. um, Willie's Roadhouse, listening to, you know, whatever. But uh, right. probably uh, I've been listening to a lot of Vern Gosden, like Vern Gosden, I'm Still mm-hmm. Crazy, or uh, uh, This Ain't My First Rodeo. Um, 
what's the one I was listening to earlier? It was a really good one. Uh, Lonesome River Band, Mahaley's House. Okay. Bluegrass Tune. Yep. Uh, Brent Cobb, Keep Them On Their Toes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, like a lot of Co Wetzel's new stuff, too. I mean, he's he's definitely one of those artists that's super unique and, and kind of to himself as far as his genre. And I think that's right. pretty awesome that he doesn't give a damn whatsoever right. <laughs> and he just <laughs> he's just himself you know so i've been listening to a lot of him and uh i'm trying to think here um i was listening to one earlier today it was drive by truckers but i mean it was of course it's isabel you know but um man just a lot of that stuff a lot of texas artists man i'm 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 a hundred percent Georgia guy, but I, I, I lean toward those red dirt guys a lot. I feel like we kind of lean in the same vein, not necessarily musically, but at least what we stand for and what we write about and right. um, kind of where we, I guess, vocally sound is pretty similar, you know? Um, but yeah, Parker McCollum, I love a lot of his stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, a lot of those guys. Yeah, all and I, I'll be honest with you, I listen to all those guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I mean, I really do. They just really have, like you say, they're kind of in their own lane, and they don't care what anybody thinks. It's like this is my music; you can take it or leave it. You know, Parker and Tyler have uh, been able to get a little bit of mainstream stuff going. You know, it's like Travis Denning. Travis is another one that I think when he first started out, he was kind of that way, and and he's gotten a little bit of mainstream, you know, success. And Riley, you know, Riley Green, same way. Um, and and they're a little bit more um, the the modern country feel. They're not the they don't go so much back to the classic stuff. Although Riley does a lot. I don't want to disrespect him and say he doesn't. But uh, yeah, I was I was blessed enough to play a lot of shows with you know not a lot with Travis, but I've played a, a numerous shows with Riley and mm-hmm. a couple shows with Travis and. And the, both of those guys are super, super humble people, and, oh, yeah. and I, I respect their ground and, and love their music, and, and wish them nothing but the best for sure. Yeah, I mean, I do too. Uh, I I really want to see them both do well, and I, I think Riley's going too, and and I think Travis. I think they all will, you know. Yeah. Um, work hard. Now, one of the things I was looking, uh, I I do troll your Instagram and your Facebook, <laughs> so just so you know. Uh oh. And I saw the other day you had a, a little onesie on there, and you made an announcement that you guys are expected in May. So congratulations! Yeah, we got a. Uh, uh, we didn't necessarily say in the post, but I'll tell you on here. We got a little boy on the way. A little. Oh wow! Little Bryant boy. We got our uh, little Naomi. That she's a year and three months now, but mm. yeah, she's gonna she's gonna have a little brother to raise up now. So we're well. we're super excited. I, I bet she's excited too. She's probably well. She probably doesn't realize it yet because she's not going to be that much older than him. <laughs> Time he gets here, she'll be close to two. But yeah. Um, but yeah, once she gets to to hang out with him. So with that, um, and and you've already got Naomi. So I mean, you've been in there for uh, you know a year, year and a half. You know kind of how things are going to go. What are five things that nobody ever told you about fatherhood? Well, <laughs> um, 
I'm guess, not going to get you in trouble, am I? I know the no, words there. No, I'm going to get no, you in trouble. <laughs> no, I guess the first thing I would say is uh, nobody could ever warn you is how bad a tiny little baby's diaper could smell. <laughs> Because I'm like the courtesy puker. Like if somebody's throwing up or something, I'm like right there with you. So that one was a little bit of a hurdle to get over. Um, next is just how much they grow without you even realizing it. And then you oh, yeah. blink and they're boom. You know, like I when she was born, I was still touring. Like actually, she we ended up having to have an emergency C-section. I ended up having to fly to Wisconsin, play a show, come back while she was still in the AC or in the ICU. And it was it was kind of crazy, you know, just being gone for a couple of days and even realize how much they grow that fast. But I guess the next thing and then um also too just realizing and this ain't even for brownie points, but this is just like realizing how much a mother actually does, you know, raising a a newborn child. It's absolutely amazing what they put their bodies through and just how they're able to do that. Number four, I guess I would just say what nobody's ever, I guess, warned me about about fatherhood is how easily it is to be worried you know, oh, yeah. the, the tiniest things that you necessarily wouldn't even think about before, you know, like if she's holding on to a table and you're worried about her hitting her head on the corner or, you know, whatever, like you just, you worry about meticulous things that you right. necessarily wouldn't have even thought about before. And I guess five for me anyway would be, you know, being a musician, I haven't ever had a plan B. I've always been a plan A guy. Right you give yourself a plan B you're setting yourself up for failure is the way I've always lived my life because plan A is going to work one way or the other. That's just the way I am. Even with entrepreneurship, starting other businesses like the beard line and outdoor clothing lines and things that I've done. But I guess setting up things like college funds for her and also now for our our little boy. But I guess something I never was warned about is just, how much planning it actually takes to really raise a child. You know, it, it's not just loving them and putting clothes on their back, sending them to school. You know, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah. Yeah. And some people don't get that is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't Maybe. realize, you know, and those are the ones that you go, why'd you have a child? You know? Well, 90% of the time it's a parent problem, not a child problem. Exactly. If you don't want to take care of your kids, don't have one. That's why I've right. That's my philosophy right there. I mean, I've, We've got four grandchildren now. I've got three grandsons and a granddaughter. And uh, awesome. uh, I don't get to see them as much as I'd like to. But uh, then I've got two boys and a girl and then a stepdaughter. And I, I tell you, you, I will say this about a girl, and, and this is something that I will warn you about. They are much <laughs> harder than boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No disrespect to your wife, but they are a lot harder than boys because with a girl, the biggest thing, mood swings. Yeah. Yeah. My little little Naomi's already got them. She's only a year and three months. She's she's, she's a feisty (laughs) little booger. I'll go ahead and tell you. Yeah. And they change quick. I mean, like the wind. (laughs) One minute they're happy and the next minute, if they were big enough, they'd try to rip your head off. I mean, they're just... But And I love my girls, don't get me wrong. I love them to death, and there's nothing in the world I wouldn't do for them. But holy cow, I can do without the mood swings. <laughs> so um, you're out on the water. You're on a boat, uh, a ship. 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the ship starts to sink, and the captain comes up, and he tells you, now, you, you and your wife are both able to get off, you know, right. um, so you don't have that to worry about. But he says, you can only grab one thing to take with you on the lifeboat. For you, what would that one thing be? My cooler. <laughs> My man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'd, I'd definitely grab my wife. Right. Sure, right. But, but no, that, that's, that's a pretty good one. I like yeah. that. I mean, starting out, the places that you play, you're playing in the bars and the taverns, and, and you've seen a lot of those across the country. I mean, you know, um, the thing that I like are the dive bars. Yeah. And so that kind of sets up this question of what's your what's your favorite dive bar? Where's it located? Hmm. That's a tough one because I have a bunch. Um, I can't ever forget kind of where my roots got planted, I guess. And unfortunately, the place isn't even there anymore. But mm. it was a place called Cowboys in Kennesaw, Georgia. And now they ripped it down and it's got a huge apartment complex built where it was but um i was in the house band there from the time i was about 17 till i was 19 wow and yeah it was uh it hold about 3,500 to 4,000 people so it wasn't a little dive bar but it was i don't know if you've ever heard of like an electric cowboy across the country there's a bunch of those places across but uh Electric Cowboy ended up buying Cowboys, and that's how it was set up. It was similar to a lot of those Electric okay. Cowboys, but it used to be called the Crystal Chandelier and Travis Tritt. You can look up videos of him riding his Harley up on stage and playing a full-blown concert in there or whatever. Wow. So that was, that was the same venue that I kind of cut my teeth in. But um, that one will always have a soft place in my heart because I kind of learned how to be a front man there. Right. And uh, being able to have a stage big enough to move around on and not just play in a corner with an acoustic kind of thing. So <laughs> that one, uh, that one always be in my heart for sure. I, I got to say, I was, I started playing drums when I was 16 and I got with a band from the area, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we called ourselves Family Tradition and we, and we were pretty good. I mean, we had uh, a good bass player. The front man was good. I kind of had a, a Hank Williams Jr. look about him. A good singer, and we played a lot of those, you know, those stages. And I, I, I did not have a small set of drums. I will say, <laughs> you up there uh, look like Neil Peart. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I'd have to cut it down a lot of times, and they're all the rest are loaded out in the van. Uh, yeah, it, being stuck back in the corner, all of you was, was it's just kind of uncomfortable because, like I say, you don't have room to move or nothing like that. But it was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I had a lot of good times. Uh, Kind of the beginning of my debauchery stage. <laughs> and then I grew out of it. <laughs> um, Christmas is coming up. Everybody has traditions. What What's the one tradition that you have that you would consider to be your favorite? Whether it's been, you know, something you started with your family or something you and your wife have talked about starting? For Christmas? Um, I mean, we just bought this house. I mean, this, as you can see behind us, this is our first, this is our first Christmas here at our new new home. Wow. Um, so it, it was really cool getting to, you know, decorate and, and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, really it's kind of hard to say a technical tradition. I mean, my, right. my entire life, we've always had a, uh, Christmas Eve thing that we do at, at my mother's side of the family. And then on my dad's side, I'd go over there on, on Christmas day. But 
I don't know. I guess tradition for me is just making sure that that my family and uh, and myself included realizes what the holiday is actually about and realize that somebody sacrificed their life, you know, for us to be able to enjoy this life. And um, it's uh, it, to me, it's just it's a, it's about realizing it ain't about some fat dude with a red suit on. It's about Jesus Christ. You know, so right. I, I try to even though I got a little bit of a hard exterior i'm i'm a diehard christian behind closed doors and i try to tell people that with open doors too but right um, but no i guess my traditions just you know enjoy talking to family about god during these times really realistically yeah where can you be found on social media we mentioned earlier this is just kind of a you know kind of a wrap-up but we talked about earlier facebook instagram you've got that stuff yeah. Yeah. JacobBrownMusic.com is my website and all those links, you can click them there, but uh, I'll say them out for people that don't want to go through that whole rabbit hole of clicking it. <laughs> um, Instagram is at Jacob Bryant Music. Twitter is at Jacob Bryant One, the number one. Let's see. There's too many these days. Right. Uh, I have one of those parlor, the new parlor page. It is at Jacob Bryant Music trying to think here we have uh facebook is facebook.com slash jacob bryant fans and then like i said if anybody wants to find anything else itunes google play amazon pandora deezer any of those type things jacob has a link to every single one of those okay um, and you can find your streaming service that you prefer right there on my website and find all of his his great music. Now, I, I do have to ask one social thing because you mentioned Parlor, which I just got on it a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I've not really done much with it. I've just kind of joined it and and been getting things. Mm-hmm. Have you done the TikTok thing yet? I have one, and it's kind of weird you ask that. I I didn't realize that TikTok was pretty much based upon like dancing videos and stuff. So like, so when I got one, all I did was take videos I already had that I had on YouTube and put up snippets of them, you know? So uh-huh. I put them up and a couple of weeks later I got back on it and I was like, Oh my God, like I had 40 something thousand followers just in, wow. a, in a couple of weeks. And I was like, wow, this thing's like blowing up. Maybe I need to really pay attention to this. And then I like started looking through like kind of the, uh, whatever you would call it, explore feed where you find new people or whatever. And everybody's shuffling the EDM videos and stuff like that. So I was like, well, maybe this ain't the right platform for me, but I I still get on there occasionally. Like when we have a release or something like that, I'll throw up a video, but no, I haven't done a whole lot of TikToking personally because I'm not the, uh, not the best dancer in the world. I'm just a guitar player that likes to have a good time. So I I actually, I, uh, I did an interview with an artist and she challenged me to do a TikTok to, to her song. Oh no! And it's a like a Miranda Lambert meets uh, Taylor Swift type of song about a guy, right? And so she's challenged me to do that, and that's been months ago, and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I'll be interested to see that. You have to you have to follow me on TikTok so I can follow you back and see that. That'll be the only thing up after that. I'll be too embarrassed. I'll be going, "Gosh, did I really just do that?" <laughs> But Jacob, brother, it has been such a blast hanging out with you. I, I, I mean, it's been a minute since we've gotten together and and just talking and stuff. So I'm I'm really grateful that you uh, took time out of your night to come on and and hang with me. Thank you for having me on. And anytime you need me, holler. All right, brother, I sure will. And uh, we always know where Jeff is, so we'll make sure to to shout at him too. <laughs> 
Oh, Catton, he's in uh, Cancun living it up right now. Oh, man. I don't, I, I used to like him till you said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's probably got a margarita in his hand. Right now. We're, up, we're over here working. Right. Yeah. He's probably got one in each hand. <laughs> he double fisting tonight. Well, we'll have to get on him about that. But, brother, you take care. We'll keep an eye out. And uh, I can't, I can't wait till, you know, for you until May gets here and uh, see that baby boy. But I'll definitely be keeping an eye out on everything, your socials and all. And, and, uh, cause you're actually, I mean, you're in the process of recording a new album, aren't you? Yes, sir. A lot of excitement around that for me. And, and I hope for all of our listeners too, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to really enjoy it. We're so excited. We can't wait for that to come out. So it's Jacob Bryan. Be sure to check him out. Jacob, we will catch you another time, brother. And you take care, love to the wife. And, uh, uh we'll talk to you again. Absolutely. Brother. Praise God. Thank you. You're welcome, man.